welcome to Grace Family Church. We are so glad you decided to check out our podcast. Our prayer is that this teaching from Pastor Tommy will encourage your faith and lead you towards the greatness God has planned for you. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoy this message. Uh, but before we jump in, while you're coming back to your seats, want to um, fill you in on a couple things, um, one, one of which we talked about over the last couple weeks. Um, this coming Wednesday night is a big, uh, it's just a big day celebrating, and you know, uh, if we were missing to, you know, sh- you know, if we were, if folks laid out a church on a Wednesday night for something that wasn't important, that's one thing, but you know, when you're taking the time to stop and give thanks and visit family and, uh, and, and sit around these Thanksgiving tables, man, you're, you're stopping and pausing and, and worshiping God pretty much, so uh, Wednesday night's a busy night for a lot of people. Um, and so uh, there will be a lot of people probably that, that, are, that normally don't come out, um, that, that, that normally would come out, that won't come out. So we're going to have an abbreviated service this Wednesday night. Um, we're probably going to have one quick song, and then I'm going to do, a, I mean, a very brief message around communion and as how it relates to healing. And then we're going to take communion together for those that do want to have a service on Wednesday night. So I'm going to be here for that. Um, but if you need to be out with family and friends, uh, please, you know, do your thing and celebrate Jesus in the midst of all of that and uh, a lot of people traveling too but we will have an abbreviated service Wednesday night uh, where we'll be taking communion together and then also I just wanted to offer a special thanks to uh, Sarah Mercer, Leanna Clark and her daughter Isabella for decorating the church and putting up some of the Christmas stuff they did a great hand, thank you so much Um, my wife was there as well but she'd kill me for telling you she was there so everybody don't tell them but um, they all came out and decorated, so good stuff there. But um, I, I just really wanted to jump into today's message because, to be frank with you, I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, I wanted to talk to you about, you know, we're continuing the series on God's gift of love. It'll carry us throughout the holidays. Um, and today I want to talk to you about a specific aspect of his gift of love to us. First John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8 is the verse we're using because we're, actually that was a verse we used in the previous series that we taught. Uh, and it really talked about us loving one another. Uh, But there was something that stood out in that that the Lord really began to deal with me about, and I felt like there needed to be a follow-on series to the series we just taught. So by the time we get to the end of this one, we will have been taught on the love of God for six months, six straight months. And if you've been here, hopefully it's having an impact on your life. But 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, let's read this, let's pray, and then let's just jump in uh, to what the Lord has for us today. But notice it says, Beloved... Let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the truth in your word, that it brings revelation to us. And I pray that as I share the word today, you'll help me just uh, extract it from my heart as you placed it in there. Uh, and that, uh, that we would receive revelation from this, not just head knowledge, but something would pop on the inside of us to say, I see that, and it would spark faith and confidence in you, Lord, so that we can just move into all the wonderful areas that you have planned for us, and we can be the tremendous blessing that you've called us to be to the world around us, and so I just give you praise and thanks for that in Jesus' name, amen. You know, in our opening text, we see the phrase, God is love and it's sort of mixed within this sentiment that we should love one another uh, that we should love others that we should treat them with love and we spent a long time talking about that but really what this series is focused on is the fact that that verse says if you don't love 
you don't know God. Now, that doesn't mean you're not a Christian. It means you, it, could, it could be that you're not a Christian, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. What it means is that word know means that you haven't experienced him. That word know is the word experiential knowledge. And so, um, and so what he's saying there is, is, is if you're having trouble loving others, it's because there is an improper perspective of who God is. And you haven't experienced him to the point that you know who God really is. Why? Because when you know who he is and he lives in you as a believer, then you don't have to try to walk in love. It just comes out of you. And so, and so we said this, that the, 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 the measure to which you will love others is the measure to which you know God. You will only love to the level that you know him. And so we're endeavoring to gain really a biblical understanding then of who is God. That's a pretty broad subject. It's a pretty uh, uh, massive undertaking to think that. And so, you know, uh, our, our entire Christian experience will be constantly seeking him and growing to know him. But there's a particular portion of scripture that the Lord really led me to for this series that we're using as the real foundation for this series. And it's 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. It says, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And so what we have here in this verse of Scripture is a picture of what love is. It's a pretty holistic picture of love, and I would encourage you that as you, know, you think about your devotional life, one of the things I would say is that on a regular basis, this should be a part of your devotional life. You should look at verses 4 through 8 and say, that's a picture of who I should be. But when we read in our opening text that God is love, then what we can say as well is this is a picture of who God is. If this is love and God is love, then it would be doing no disservice to actually put the word God in place of love in that verse. And so we did that. So I want you to just look at it again. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. Uh, that verse 4 says God is patient. Well, if God is love, then God is patient, right? And, and we can read all of it that way. God is patient. God is kind. God does not envy. God does not boast. God is not proud. God does not dishonor others. God is not self-seeking. God is not easily angered. God keeps no record of wrongs. God does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. God always protects. God always trusts. He always hopes, always perseveres. God never fails. So in these verses, this is a picture of who God is. Everything we know about God and all the other scriptures that point to who God is must be interpreted through the lens of this verse of scripture as well. So when we hear about a, you know, a God of judgment or we hear about a God that gets angry at sin, we always have to interpret it in the light of the full scope of what this verse says. This is who God is. And so although he may be those other things, he doesn't abandon this aspect of who he is. As a matter of fact, this is probably closer to the essence of who he is than all the other descriptive terms we see. So God is love. And last week we pointed out that God was a God of patience. Everybody say patience. And so what we said was is that for God to be patient, there had to be something he had to be patient from. There had to be other emotions and, and characteristics that reside within God that require patience to hold them back. And so we did point out that God doesn't like evil. God detests sin. God doesn't tolerate that. Matter of fact, it breaks his heart when it happens, and he even grows angry over that. 
But what we also saw was this, that because of his great patience, it has withheld that judgment. As a matter of fact, his patience caused him to even go a step further than just withhold patience. He removed the thing that would cause him to want to be angry with anyone. Ephesians chapter uh, 2 and verse 4 says, God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, notice this, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Notice that because of his patience, because he said, I don't want to be angry. I don't want to have to judge. I don't want to dish out wrath because I'm a holy God. Therefore, what am I going to do? I am going to reach out to those who didn't deserve it, and I'm going to provide a way to save them from the wrath that as a holy God, I must pour out at some point, right? And so he provided Jesus for us. Not only did he provide a way, but notice Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 12. It says, but our high priest Jesus offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins. Notice this, good for all time. So Jesus paid one price for all sins at all times. So you realize before you were ever born, Jesus paid for every sin you would ever commit when he hung on the cross. It says he did it once for all time, and it goes on to say in verse 14, for by that one offering, here's, this is, man, this should make you want to shout this morning. By that one offering, he forever made perfect those that are being made holy. I want you to think about that for a moment. This morning, you sitting here, because of Jesus, he's not angry with you. His wrath is not being withheld from you. He is actually, there is no reason for wrath because he made you perfect while you are being made holy, right? So what does that mean? That means as a new believer, when you got born again, it ain't like God just said, well, I'm going to look at you perfect even though you're not. No. What it says is, I may, he made me perfect. He made me the righteousness of God. On the inside of who I am, I am not a sinner saved by grace. I am God's righteousness. And what it says is, is he's forever making us holy. So what does that mean? On the outside, in our flesh, how many of you realize you ain't made it yet? How many of you are exactly like Jesus? Not yet. Still working on it, right? And so what that's saying is, is that we need to understand something about what Jesus did for us and what, his, what God's patience did for us. He, did, he was so patient that he didn't want to dish out wrath that he said, I've got to figure out a way that I don't have to be patient anymore with him when it comes to dishing out wrath and judgment. So for a believer, when they accept Christ, all of a sudden he says, because of Jesus, I can make you perfect while you work on trying to be like me. Right? And when you fall short of being like me, I'm still seeing you as forever made perfect. Man, that's shouting territory this morning. Because you are right with God. Hebrews, and, and because of that, we find out that because that patient nature of God, because of that, it allows him to stick with us no matter what. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5 says, God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. I don't care if you kick the dog, cussed at your wife, and flip somebody off on the way to church this morning. He stayed in the seat right there beside you. May not have been right for you to do it. Ain't an excuse to do it. But the truth of the matter is, is he said, I won't leave you, I won't forsake you. His patience allows us to do that. So always remember this about God. He will never throw in the towel on you. How many of you know what that phrase means, throw in the towel, right? If you watch boxing matches, somebody gets beat up enough, the trainer throws in the towel and says, man, he can't take no more. God will never throw in the towel on you as long as you live on this planet. 
As long as you live here, he will stick with you. He will stay with you. He'll be the one saying, I believe in you. Come on, get up. Let's keep on going. You can make it. You, I don't, I, I'm not angry with you. Why? Because he sees you as perfect. How many times? You know, well, but you don't know how many times I messed up. You don't know how many times I've gone back and done this like a dog returning to his vomit. You know, I can hear so, right? I mean, I've done it. He says, I don't care. I see you as perfect. I ain't giving up on you. My son Jesus paid for all of it. It's all under the blood. You just keep on getting up. Keep on trying. Keep on going. I'm there with you. I'm there to help you. His patience allows him to stick with us. Amen? Now today what I want to talk to you about is I want to talk about growing that understanding of God. And I want to talk to you today about God's kindness. Let me say God's kindness. In addition to his patience, he has a heart of kindness towards us. I want you to understand that when we say God is patient, how many of you realize he's not standing there with his arms folded saying, well, I guess I just got to be patient with him. You know, like he's frustrated with us, but he's being patient with us, right? That's not the picture of God. The scripture teaches us that God is kind. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, it says, love or God is patient. Love or God is kind. Everybody say kind. That word kind means this, it means to be tenderly and compassionately considerate of another's situation and to act benevolently. <laughs> if you look up that word kind in the Strong's Concordance, it means to be tenderly and compassionately considerate of another's situation and to act benevolently. So the nature of God is to act benevolently towards us when he sees us. When God looks at you this morning, you need to understand something. He is not angry at you. He looks at you kindly and compassionately. That word kind there is actually interesting because you would think when it says love is kind, uh, you would think it's like an adverb, right? Or it's, a, it's an adjective describing something about God. But that word kind or is kind is actually used as a verb. So what it says there is God is Kind. It's not a stationary adjective. It's not like he's just some kind guy, right? But there's something in him that wells up within him that causes him to be so kind that he acts. That he moves towards you with an attitude of kindness. When he looks at man or when he looks at you personally, notice this, because of his nature, we're talking about the nature of who God is, Right? Because of his nature, he is so kind and on the inside, so compassionately benevolent on the inside that his heart swells towards you this morning. You ever had your heart swell towards somebody? I mean, you ever looked at somebody like, man, I just, I, your heart gushes towards them. Listen to me. This is the God that we serve this morning. When he looks at you, he doesn't look at you with arms folded thinking, I'm just, I wish they'd just get it right so I can bless them. That's not how he looks at us. He says, in spite of them getting it right, I'm going to bless them. He's that kind of a kind God. Because of Jesus' great sacrifice, his sacrifice causes him to naturally respond in every situation of life with goodness. <laughs> I want you to listen to this. Good or bad, righteous or sinful, his response to mankind in this present age is kindness. For the man that blesses God, he responds with kindness. For the man that curses him, he responds with kindness. 
For the man that walks the straight and narrow, he responds with kindness. And for the man that takes the destructive, sinful, wayward, rebellious path, his response is kindness. It's compassion that wells up within him and it says, I want to help them. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36 says it this way. It says, but when Jesus saw the multitudes... He was moved with compassion. That's the same derivative of the word kindness. Basically, kindness welled up with him when he saw the multitudes because they were wearied and scattered. Now, how many of you realize they were hurting, right? But notice the next phrase, like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into the harvest. When Jesus saw the multitudes, he saw people that were like those that didn't have a shepherd. He saw people that had not yet completely responded to his coming. He saw people that had rejected his coming and that were coming actually to ridicule him or to find fault in him. He saw the multitudes, and yet his response wasn't an attitude of resistance. His response was not an attitude of judgment. His response was, well, they haven't accepted me as their their shepherd yet. Right? Because they were like that, right? They didn't have a shepherd yet. His response was kindness. And notice that response prompted a command of kindness for us and for those that were with him. Notice he said there, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Therefore, go out and judge them and tell them how bad they are. Is that what he said? No, he said, they're scattered. They they haven't even acknowledged me as a shepherd yet, but go help them. Kindness welled up within him. He said, let's go be kind to them. See, I want to displace the notion that God is somehow angry with you and God is somehow angry with the lost world this morning. See, some people view God as looking down his his indignant nose at a world that is lost as if he's mad at them. Why would a God be mad at a world that he sent his own son to die for? He is not angry with the world. God commended his love towards us when we were without Christ. He sent Christ. See, when God looks at you today, I want you to understand something. God is for you today. The quality of the kindness that is an attitude of his great love causes him to look favor. He, I mean, he, he's kind. You ever met a kind person? Sherry's a kind person. She really is. To put up with Buzz, she's got to be kind. <laughs> no, she's a kind person. I mean, she's a lot. I, I always tell her she reminds me of my mama because my mama, you could poke her and kind would come out. Just sweetness would come out. Listen, do we see God that way? As kind. That when he looks at us, he's not angry. He's not mad. He is a God that wants to bless us. Notice what he said in Jeremiah 29 verse 11. He said, for I know the thoughts I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for good and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. See, God's not setting us up for failure. God's not setting us up for disaster. God is looking out for us. And what he says is, if you'll just believe this, he says, do you know, do you know the thoughts? 
My thoughts are are kind towards you. I want to bless you. I want to help you. God does not view us as his enemy or someone that he is at odds with. His thoughts are always to be kind to you, even when you might deserve otherwise. (laughs) When we mess up, his thought is not, how can I punish them? His thought is, how can I help them? (laughs) He comes running harder. Because remember the definition of kindness. Remember, it sees someone and it acts benevolently. When you mess up, he's not sitting back and saying, well, I guess you deserve that one, dummy. That wouldn't be kind, would it? God is kind. He comes running towards us and says, how can I help them? How do I know this? Because this is what he told us to do. And God is not a God that says, do as I say, not as I do. He says, do as I do. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. (laughs) This is about to get real good. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. What's he saying there? So that you'd be like your Father in heaven. For he makes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends the rain on the just and the unjust. You know, first of all, let me just sort of check something with you to see your perspective of Scripture, right? You always need to be looking for the good in Scripture. A lot of people read that to mean, see, God causes the sun to shine, he causes good things to happen, and he causes bad things to happen. Is rain a bad thing? Absolutely not. What this verse is saying is, is that God rains and he shines. He causes things that are necessary for growth. He does good things all the time to everybody, whether they're good or whether they're evil. Ever heard somebody say, well, I guess they had that coming. I guess God was judging them. I'm telling you right now, the patience of God is withholding judgment from a lost world. We learned that last week. And because you've been forgiven by the blood of Jesus, there's nothing for you to be judged for because he views you as perfect. Even though you're walking out your salvation. No excuse to be lazy. Look at your neighbor and say, we're not lazy Christians. And we don't rely on greasy grace. We rely on amazing grace. It says, he saved me, therefore I'm going to act like it. Amen? Amen. See, he says, good or evil, this is his command to us, first of all, right? He says, good or evil, let the Son of God's love and reign and blessing fall upon your enemy. Good or evil, right? You bless them. Well, if that's what he's asking us to do and we want to be like him, like our Father, as sons of our Father, then that must be what he does, Right? It's the nature of God. This is how our Father does it. None of the evil in this present age, none of the evil in this present age, none of the evil in this present age is judgment from the hand of an angry God. There will come a judgment when he returns. But Jesus clearly defined where all the evil in this life comes from, where all the bad in this life comes from. John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Clearly defined, black and white theology, good God, bad devil. Right? Teach it really strong here. If it's something bad in your life, God didn't do it. Why? 
because he's not judging in this present age. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says he's withholding judgment right now. It tells us clearly that. He's not judging people where all the bad come from, bad people, bad devil, doing what bad devil likes to do, right? But God the Father, God the Son, and the power of the Holy Spirit are always, always, man, this is a picture. This, we need to fix this picture of our image of God. They are always moving toward everyone with a kind heart to want to bless and want to say yes to the good things in their life. This is the kind God that we serve. James chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, it says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father. Every blessing in every man's life, whether the man is good or evil, is the product of the kindness of God. And every one of them is his love letter to you telling you how much and how kind he is. The breath and heartbeat that sustains the evil man is extended to him out of kindness to allow him to see that God loves him. If you're breathing this morning, if your heart's beating, it's because of God. The achievements of the pridefully ambitious that don't consider God in their ways are only the product of the strength and creativity granted them in spite of their arrogance because of the kindness and greatness of God. Every evil leader that's ever accomplished anything good, it's because God empowered them to do so whether they realize it or not. And the blessing of the devout followers of God are only a product of God's kindness extended because of Jesus. Every blessing you have in your life. We're going to sit around Thanksgiving tables here before very long thanking God. Man, every single stick of good in your life is because of who he is. He is a kind God. And we don't even see sometimes where he has moved into our life and blessed us because we think we got it by our hand or we think we got it by coincidence. <laughs> coincidence. When my kids were going to want them, used to call it quinkidence. He's a good God, and he's always blessing us. So whether you feel condemned this morning, even though God isn't condemning you, or you feel right with God, his great kindness is extended to you. Every good thing in your life is his message of love to you. And as we approach our Thanksgiving tables, we need to remember that. Jeremiah 31 verse 3 says, The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love, therefore with loving kindness have I drawn you. Throughout the course of your life, God has been writing you a love letter. Through all the bad, through all the good, through all the, good, through all the bad things, he didn't do it. And he's trying to get to you through the good in your life. Throughout the course and history of your life, every great thing in your life has been another sentence in his love letter to you why does he do this why is he doing it because it's the nature of who he is Romans chapter 2 and verse 4 says this it says do you not see how wonderfully kind tolerant and patient God is with us God's kindness leads you to repentance why does he do this because he wants to kill you with his kindness he wants and I don't mean it in a bad way right he wants to overwhelm you with his love he wants the wayward man to wake up at some point and realize that all the good in his life has come from the only one who ever really loved him. So we'll stop resisting and surrender. He wants the righteous man to realize that it's not its own, his own righteousness that blesses him, but it's simply God's kindness. So he'll stop striving and just receive it. 
You know, I think it's crazy how many believers, Paul even said to the church of Galatian, you know, are you crazy? Basically is what he said in one chapter. Who has so quickly removed you from the grace that you received when you accepted Christ? How often do we as believers, we get born again and then we get on the treadmill of trying to measure up to a standard of holiness and we should try to live holy. We should seek to live holy. But we shouldn't try, we should just be because let the one who's in us live out of us, it'd be a lot easier, right? But we, we strive and we walk and we strive and we walk and we try to live up to this standard and we apply to ourselves the very same law that Jesus came to set us free from. See, what he wants you to realize is that it's not as a believer this morning, and most of the people in here are believers, is that you don't get blessed by God because you're good enough. You don't get blessed by God because your faith is strong enough. You don't get blessed by God because you grit your teeth hard enough, or you try hard enough, or you're perfect enough, or you had a good couple of weeks and you didn't mess up any. You get blessed by God because of his kindness. He's a kind God. We must correct the mindset, even in the smallest residue thereof, that God is somehow withholding kind acts of expressive love towards us while he waits for us to get it right. we got to rid ourselves of that way of thinking. Because it's not who God is. God is not waiting for you to get it right to bless you. He's not waiting for you to be perfect to bless you. His kind nature causes him to move. His kind nature, who he is, causes him to move towards you to bless you at all times in every area of your life. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Notice this. You ready for this? That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Notice that the reason Jesus saved you was so he could show you the maximum amount of kindness that he could. And it says he said he saved you so that he could do it in the ages to come. Well, when that was written was 2,000 years ago. How many of you say we're living in the ages to come? And the ages to come after this will be exposed as well, right? He didn't save you. He saved you to bless you. He didn't save you to make you his servant. He didn't save you to make you his soldier. He didn't save you even to mold you into something that would satisfy his own selfish, egotistical need to be recognized as God. (laughs) He saved you to create the greatest possible avenue to be kind to you. In saving you, he removed every barrier that would stop him from the fullness of his kindness being displayed. And all that is required is for us to just surrender to his kindness in faith and confidence and receive it. To eradicate the thinking that somehow I have to earn it. You don't have to earn it because he's that kind. Even his calling for you to serve and to soldier and to be a saint 
is only because he wants to move you and position you to where the blessings already are. It's not to get you under his thumb. It's to position you so you step on every possible landmine blessing that he has prepared for you. You know, soldiers, they go to the battlefield and they, they seek out, and unfortunately, some will step on landmines, and it's, it's, it's detrimental. But here's the thing about God. He said, remember, he said, I know the thoughts I have for you, the plans I have for you. He has planted landmines of blessing throughout your life. And he's saying, even when I call you to follow me, even when I call you to be led by me, even when I call you to make decisions of sacrifice for me, it's not to take for you from you because I need something from you. It's to walk you into a place where you step on the blessing I've already prepared for you and kaboom, you have another party because God's just so good. That is the God that we serve. He is not a God that is egotistical, that requires you and, and created you and saved you so you could cower before him as some great God. He's not egotistical. He's kind. Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11. Notice it says this. It says, thou art worthy. How many of you realize if he's that kind, he's worthy? Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. And notice this phrase because it's sung in a hymn that we sang many times, but it's sung from the wrong perspective. It says, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are created. How many of you realize we were created for God's pleasure? But the way many people read that is as if God is some sort of egotistical God, and we were created to bring pleasure to him. But the reality is, is what is his pleasure? What gives him pleasure? Is it you bending a knee to him because, he, deserve, because he, he, he makes you do it? No, notice Psalm 35 and verse 27. It says, let them shout for joy and be glad. <laughs> that favor my righteous cause. Let them continually say, let the Lord be magnified. Notice this, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. When it says, and the host of heaven lifted their voice and said, you are worthy to be praised, they weren't saying you're worthy to be praised because you made us and, and, and you need us to worship you. It was saying you're worthy to be praised because no one loves like you. No one is as kind as you. You created me so that your pleasure could be satisfied and your pleasure is expressing your kindness. That word, notice this word prosperity. That word prosperity, it means completeness. It means soundness. It means welfare and peace. Listen to how many times it's translated. I'm just going to read to you. Every time it's translated in the Old Testament, it means to be close to, to bring ease, to be favorable towards, to be a friend of or have friendly terms or to be friends of, to greet to be greeted, to be greeted warmly, to give health, to bring peace, to bring prosperity, to raise up, <laughs> to bring safety and security, to bring welfare, well-being, to make whole. And so when it says, what brings God pleasure? What brings God's pleasure is you being blessed. The Bible, you know, how many of you read in Jeremiah, the joy of the Lord is your strength. See, a lot of people have used that one to say, see, you got to buck up and be strong because that, you know, that makes, that'll give you strength, right? you got to be happy. you got to be joyful because that'll give you strength. How many of you had moments when you weren't happy and you weren't strong? Well, if that's the translation of it, then in some sense the word, maybe God's disappointed with me because I can't be happy right now, right? No, the joy of the Lord is you being strong. 
His joy is your prosperity. And when we say that God is a kind God, I mean, there's a revelation that came to me. I'm so glad nobody was in my house. My poor dogs went crazy. My dog ran out of the room. I, I was reading this and I realized, you realize the reason God created you was to be kind to you. The reason he created you was to pour his kindness and blessing upon you. And yet we minimize his kindness with, I didn't measure up, or my faith isn't strong enough, or I didn't believe hard enough, or didn't pray right. When all God says is, I just want you to believe that I'm just that kind, that I created you as the object of my affection and I want to bless you. See, the host of heaven, when they said you are worthy to receive glory and honor because you created us for your pleasure, they were saying you're worthy to be praised, yes, but the reason we're praising you is because we recognize that you created us to bless us. Well, what a different perspective in life. Living your life understanding that God's favor and his hand is upon you and wants to bless you than living your life walking around thinking you got to somehow earn his kindness. Musicians come. We see God's purpose to show his kindness. We see not even his purpose. As they come, we see the character of his kindness in his first act toward man after he created him. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 and 28 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Notice that it says, Then God blessed them. <laughs> First act. I can see it, man. He's, he's, he's I mean, you know, how many realize in an instant man was created, right? But, you know, let's just embellish a little bit. Gets the dust, starts forming it, thinking, man, I can't wait. I can't wait to bless this man. I can't wait to bless this guy. can't wait to bless him. can't wait to bless him. Oh, I got him. Okay. Let's, let's breathe in him. Alive. I'm going to take a rib out of his side. I'm going to make a, now I made a woman. Now, now what, what's the first thing I can do? I'm gonna, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to bless him. He didn't call him to be a soldier. He didn't call him to be a saint. He didn't call him to live for him. He said, I am just so kind. I am so good that I can't hold back so that the moment I had the first opportunity, I'm going to bless him. That is his nature. That is his character. He created us so his benevolent, kind nature would, would have, so it would have someone to follow on. And here's the thing about God. He's so big. He's so expansive. He never runs out. That's why we just keep on getting created. He wants people to bless. You know, that's why the psalmist penned in Psalm 63, verse 3, way, well before the people stood before the throne, and, and we'll sing this. The psalmist penned Psalm 63 and verse 3. He said, Because of your loving, because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips will praise you. He was saying the same thing that all those people are going to say one day when they gather around the throne. They're going to say, you're so worthy. You're so worthy because every blessing in my life is a product of your kindness. There is no one who loves like you. There is no one who gives like you. There is no one who blesses like you. 
And I refuse to believe that somehow, God, you're withholding anything from me. Why? Because your kindness is moving towards me compassionately to want to bless me. My lips will praise you because your loving kindness is better than life. Every blessing, every good thing in our life is a product of a kind God. That's why the host of heaven said it the same way. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are created. They're saying, Lord, we were created to be loved by you. And no one can love like you love. No one is as kind as you are. 1 Corinthians 13, 4, love is patient. Love is kind. God is patient. God is kind. I believe as we approach the Thanksgiving table and the Thanksgiving holiday and every day of our lives, when we lift our hands in worship, we certainly lift our hands in reverence of a mighty God. But there's a knowing on the inside of us that this mighty God, had it not been for his kindness, I wouldn't have a breath to sing to him. I wouldn't have a heartbeat to love the person sitting on my right or my left. I wouldn't have the job I have. I wouldn't have, even, even if it's a job you don't like, it's providing, right? I wouldn't have the talent I have. I wouldn't have the person, people in my life that I'm so grateful for without His kindness. Man, you think about the things you cherish most in your life. God gave them to you. Whoo! Man, if, if, if it was just because of her... I got a reason to say, God, nobody loves like you love. Because I didn't deserve her. <laughs> but he gave her to me. God is a kind God. And we've got a reason to worship him. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. I will give you thanks as long as I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. Bow your heads with me. Father. I have done my best to share this as you gave it to me. I pray that there was a stepping up in the understanding of your kindness toward us, your nature. Every good thing, every good thing, every good thing is just because you love us. And I can't help but praise you for that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. He came and died on a cross for you and shed his blood so that you could be saved. And not just go to heaven, so you could experience this kindness with him all the day long. If you've never made him your Lord and you'd like to do that right now, would you raise your hand and say, yes, that's me. I want to accept Jesus. I want to know heaven's my home. I'm not going to hell, but I also want to know that I've got this good God looking at me as perfect and righteous and holy. Anyone at all, just going to wait a minute. Don't miss your chance. Don't miss your opportunity. Anyone at all. Okay. Then here's what I want to do. I want to do what the psalmist said. I want you just to take a moment. The worship team's going to lead us, but I just want to take a moment while I'm talking to you to think about all the blessings in your life. Man, all the good things in your life. 
If that's not enough to cause you to fall to your knees and worship him because he is worthy. Because nobody loves like him, man. That's a, that's a lot to thank God for. Now, I just, want, I just want us as a church to stand to our feet, and I want us to take an opportunity to thank Him, to worship Him, collectively and individually, to thank Him for His goodness as we enter this Thanksgiving season and this holiday season, not just for this moment, but for the, just because we're so grateful that He he created me to be loved by Him and to be blessed by Him, and His blessings are coming at me. I just open my heart and receive them because of His goodness. Thank you, Lord. Shannon, go ahead and just lead us. Thank you, Lord. Let's worship You. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, You picked me up. You turned me around. You placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master, I thank you, Savior, because you healed my heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you changed my name forever free. I am not the same. I thank you, Master. I thank the Savior. I thank God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Oh, I thank you, God. You picked me up, then you turned me around. You placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. Because you heal my heart and you change my name. Forever free. I am not the same. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. You pick me up because you pick me up. 
hell lost another one. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Lord Jesus. We worship you. You are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be honored. No one can love us like you do. You are worthy, you are worthy, you are worthy, Lord. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. To receive glory and honor and praise. You love us, Lord. You love us, Lord. Your kind heart is so good to us, Lord. I am free. I am Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I am free. Thank you, Lord. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one, I am free, I am free. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, I don't want to belabor the moment or belabor a point just to be here. Oh, I thank you, God. I want you just to press in a little deeper. Oh, I thank you, God. I want you to press in a little deeper. In Revelation, they sang, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. They threw their lives before him because they saw that they were created for him to find pleasure and blessing, saving them and setting them free. I want you to press in just a moment longer before we head out. I want you to tell him from a heart of gratitude how worthy he is. There is no one that loves like him. No one as kind as him. 
No one that never gives up on us and never forsakes us. No one that is constantly coming after us with blessing upon blessing upon blessing. And that created us to be the receiver of those blessings. Think about all the blessings in your life and thank Him. Tell Him how worthy He is. We crown you now with many crowns. You reign victorious. It's all about you, Jesus. And lift it up. Jesus, Son of God.
now the Lord just told me to do this, do this. You're thanking him, you're thanking him, you're thanking him for all of the things that are already in your life. But his kindness hasn't stopped. It's still coming at you. Still coming after you. Think of all the things you've wanted, desired, needed, the, the problems, concerns. His kindness is working through all of it to bring about your heart's desire. Oh, thank you for your kindness, for your kindness that you'll show us in the ages to come. Thank you for your kindness you'll show us in our children. Thank you for your kindness you'll show us in our grandchildren. Thank you for your kindness you'll show us in our lives. Thank you for your kindness you'll show us in our hopes and dreams. Thank you for your kindness, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're worthy. There is none that can love us like you. We surrender to that love. We eradicate the notion that somehow you're against us. We remove the thought that somehow we haven't earned it. And we simply succumb to your love letters to us. <laughs> you're so good to us. I've been my knee, I've been my knee, Lord. High above you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. Crowning us with every blessing. You thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for that answer, for that answer. Thank you for that answer. Oh, thank you, Lord, for that answer. I thank you, Lord, for that answer. Jesus, oh, thank you, Lord, 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 thank you, Lord. Darling of heaven, oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, just open your heart to his kindness. What do you need right now? What do you need right now? What do you need? It's available. Not only what do you need, what do you want right now? What do you want right now? What do you desire? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. I didn't want to keep you longer than you wanted to stay. Ooh, but he's so good. He's so good. Thank you, Lord. Every good thing in our lives is from him, and it's just a love letter to tell us that there's more to come if you just trust him. 17th birthday. He gave you 17 to give you many more. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How do you unplug from this? You don't. You just go thanking him every day. Amen. The psalmist said it this way. We'll close here if we can. Because of your loving kindness, because your loving kindness is better than life, better than life, my lips shall praise you. I will give you thanks as long as I live. I will lift up my hands. In your name. 
Worthy is the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we just love you, we bless you, we praise you. Thank you for the revelation of your kindness. May your kindness overwhelm any doubt in us that you are for us, you're not against us. That you're coming after us and chasing us down to overwhelm us with blessing. We just have to open our heart and receive it and believe it. Our futures are bright. We could not be in a better place than right now in your hand and what you've prepared for us. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, I just pray for each person here. I pray, Father, if they came in here with a need that your overwhelming kindness has been revealed to them and they know that you're working behind the scenes and moving in their life to bring it about so that they could thank you in faith in, before they ever see it for the answer. That you will grant me my heart's desire just because you're that kind. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. If you didn't have your need met or didn't, you wanted somebody to actually join hands and pray with you, Buzz and Sherry and other prayer altar care workers, if you could make your way to the front before you leave today, you can go over and see them. They'll pray and agree with you that you just grab hold of the kindness of God, His great kindness. Whew. I'm so thankful. Lord, I pray as we sit around our Thanksgiving tables this holiday season, we really will look around us and recognize that every blessing is because of your goodness. And every promise of every blessing in our life that we would have a hope and a future for is in your hand and you will bring it to pass. I thank you for this church and the people in this church and their heart towards you. I'm so grateful that I get to stand and worship with them and, and adore you and love you for your kindness. I thank you that you've got a bright future for all of us as we just lean in and trust you. Thank you for your angels camped about each person here that as they go their way, as they're traveling, they'll have safe travels. You'll bring them to their destination and bring them back to us safely so that we can worship with them again. Thank you for protecting them from all harm. Your angels, they're just given charge over us. That no harm comes nigh our dwelling. No sickness or pestilence attaches itself to us. That we walk in the divine health and blessing of God that's a product of a kind and loving Savior. We give you praise and thanks for that, Father. Thank you for your hand of blessing upon our lives that you're just that kind. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, God bless you. Happy Thanksgiving week. We'll see you next weekend or possibly Wednesday night. Have a great week. God bless you. Thanks for listening to our Grace Family Church podcast. We really hope you enjoyed this message. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, we would love for you to get connected. Just go to gfcva.info to learn more about who we are, how to give to this ministry, or how you can get involved. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.